This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hello and uh, welcome. And with me today, Kamra Aslam, we have the return of, after far too long, she is, well, she used to be at BFM, but um, still like her very much. And uh, she's now working, well, she'll tell us in a moment what it is. It's Rahma Pauzi. Hi, good to hey. be back. Uh-huh. And you're still working as a, tell us. Yeah. Rahma. <laughs> What's, yes, what's your so, title again? So I'm working at a publishing house. I'm an editor-in-chief now at Iman Publication. And uh, I am also an editorial content strategist. So that's what I do. Yeah. And she recently made a very good documentary that everyone's raving about, uh, which which we'll, we'll get more information in a moment. And he uh, is a first-timer here on A Bit of Culture. He is my favorite uh, stand-up, Malaysian stand-up comic. <clears throat> he is uh, Kwa Jen Han. Hello, is that what you say to all the comedians who have been on a, a bit of culture? Absolutely not. No, definitely you. And uh, you've got a show coming up. We'll do it again, talk about it again later, but just quickly yeah. tell us. Okay, what do you want to know, Cam? When is this show and who's in it? This show is happening November 4th and 5th in uh, PJ Pack, which is in Wanutama. Okay, and we'll yeah, talk it's about- It's called Still Up, Still Coming. Okay, well, we'll have more information about that later in the show. But for now, um, our three topics are uh, uh, TikTok shopping addiction, uh, which uh, which I'm glad we're doing because we, we care about our fans. I wonder, I wonder if the audience knows uh, who has the addiction between the three of us. <laughs> They'll know it's not me. <laughs> um, and uh, topic number two is can jokes cross borders? And finally, topic number three is having two work brains. So with uh, topic number one, the TikTok addiction, I will expose her. She is Rahma Pauzi. <laughs> oh, my God. Who is she? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So so it all started. I'm just going to blame someone for this, actually. Okay. Yeah. So my sister just gave birth to a baby, which means uh, like about a month ago, which means that she had been carrying a baby for like nine months um, with a lot of those times she was just too tired to do anything else but to just stare at her at her at her phone uh, and then she started like you know uh, a bunch of things like started like showing up uh, on our doorstep and uh, there was just like this one day it was just like you know like baby stuff and she would like tell me oh my god I'm getting this like baby clothes for like three ringgit each it's like amazing quality and I'm like oh, is this on Shopee? No, it's not on Shopee. It's on Shopee Live. And I'm like, what the heck is that? So she started like buying me things and uh, I'm not on Shopee a lot. Like it's actually like a really um, calculated decision, I would say, uh, since the pandemic started because I'm not going to disclose, but I spent some amount of money over the past two years um, <laughs> on shopping, uh, on online shopping because I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. Um, anyway, so she did that. And then I'm like, is this true? And then I started getting like really hooked with um, all of this, you know, Shopee live thing. And I am not on Shopee. So I'm on TikTok a lot. And I'm already really into TikTok lives. Have you seen one, Cam? It's amazing. It's just like weird. And you just have to like, it's, I, I feel like it's a combination of Omegle with like Instagram live with like Shopee live. It's just like amazing. So um, it, you just can, cannot, cannot, I guess I like, cannot predict what you're going to get. And the, the, the most fun thing is that there's always like this little quirks about. So, you, so, so the way that you're going to be buying things on TikTok Live is that 
they're going to just like number things, just going to display a bunch of things behind you. And this is one kaka or abang or like whatever be like, oh, nombor 13, nombor 13. Or just like, oh, could you like point me to that one bag uh, at the top, uh, on uh, the top of your head? And then they'd be like, yeah, so this is what it's, it's really good. And this is the compartment. Um, the, the, the inside is like leather. And then you can get this uh, for a limited time only. It's like 30 ringgit, 30 ringgit. Do you want it? Do you want it? And then you just, just like don't say it enough. And someone else will say that. I want that, and then boom, you know, your chance gone. Oh, so it's, it's a limited amount of stuff. It's not. Sometimes it, it depends. Right. Sometimes depends. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But sometimes they also have just like a bunch of stuff, and they're like, "We only have five of these. When we have five of these, and then, um, and then someone else would just say, "Oh my God, that's such a great deal! I want all five. And then suddenly you're like, "Shoot, I was the one who asked that abang to reveal that back to me, for example. So it was just like a fun community thing, you know, yeah, like a I, theater theatrical experience, exactly, a sort of entertainment. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 I realized that I was just wondering if I, so so I'm only on the my second purchase, but I've been asking my sister to be buying a bunch of stuff for me on Shopee Live because I was like I I feel like you have to have like a bit of a confidence, you know, to get into this like shopping lives, you know, in order to communicate, you know, thoroughly and like to feel confident enough that no, after you showed that to me, that's not good enough. You don't you shouldn't feel like you owe them something because right. they just picked that from that, you know, from that shelf behind them mm. and then they just showed it to you. It doesn't mean that you have to purchase it. So right. I was like, not great. So that's why my sister had to do it the first time because you can't like, be trusted. I was just feeling too guilty whenever I don't like yeah. it things enough. And I'm like, okay, like, okay, like, I'm just gonna get it. I'm just gonna get it. Like he he's yeah. like spent too much time, what, yeah. like two seconds, like you know. So it's just like it's fun. I I uh and I right now I'm at this point where I'm not sure if I am buying things from TikTok shop shop um because I actually enjoy um I actually like those things, I need those things, or I'm just trying, like just yearning to be part of something. You right. Know? Maybe like, maybe you're buying it as like a admission ticket to watch this sales theater. <laughs> Yeah. That is well, true. We, you know, well, Rafa, I got to say, most of what you said, I have no clue what you're talking about. Okay, oh all right, I mean, absolutely nothing to me. But uh, it just so happens that Kwa uh, Jen Han, in his day job, actually does some work for TikTok. Oh my and, god! And yeah. he, so he's an expert on the on the subject. I, I won't say I'm an expert because uh, I I haven't actually jumped into TikTok shop, but I get what Rama is saying because it is live streaming. So live streaming is something I really enjoy. I agree with Rama that TikTok live is uh, phenomenal because there are things built into the platform that is right. fun. You know, that's so fun for audiences to even watch. I believe uh, live function, whether whichever medium, whichever platform it's on, is going to be the de facto future for how celebrities communicate with their fans. Well, but it takes TikTok, away the distance and the middleman. Yeah, but TikTok does it in a completely different way. I feel like, I mean, I'm not going to name names, but Instagram, like <laughs> Instagram lives yeah. are not that great, I don't think. You know, and Twitter space sometimes is like quite nice, but oh yeah. my God, TikTok lives is like a different kind of community. It's also like quite supportive. I feel like it's not that toxic. Um, you know, uh, people don't really like say bad things to each other. I've been in one of those lives that, you yeah. know, they were just like streaming you know, whether or not they were cooking something. And I guess maybe because mm. like the way that you stumble upon these things are just so surprising and and it makes it like very, very fun. And I think yeah. with, you know, added value of like needing to just like put your money in it, um, it just makes you feel like <laughs> Rob, a Rob, part of the community. 
Can I jump in, Rahma? I mean, normally I would say... <laughs> Do I have imagine- an issue? Maybe I have an issue. No, no, no. But I would normally I'd say, imagine you're explaining this to a child. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the thing is, a child would understand this. Um, so <laughs> in this instance, imagine you're explaining this to somebody who's over the age of 55. Mm-hmm. What, what the hell are you talking about? What's- okay, let me explain to you. I'm pretty sure you know what Nickelodeon is, right? Like, you okay, know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That has just shut down, actually, I think, isn't it? Nickelodeon? No, I'm talking about Cartoon like Network, the, I think. I'm Network, talking about the little Network. the little the little cinema on the on on the roadside, like back in the day. Okay, I'm all right. Now you're really being patronizing. Those ones, the ones you put a coin. That's really bad. But anyway. I am not 130 <laughs> years old. Okay. That's the first thing that came to mind. So imagine just like you, you know, walking, walking on a on a on a roadside, and then you just see puppeteers, mm-hmm. and then they're selling like cool things and cheap things using these puppeteers. And it, so, and it is live. So it's going it to be on live. for this half hour and then it's going to stop. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and it's just like, and, and they're very nice to you. They're not like, you know, they're not patronizing in a sense that, oh my God, I just like showed this thing. You have to buy it, you know? So, so yeah. imagine like a really fine puppetry. I would it's say. Also very, sometimes it can, it gets very well produced. Oh yeah. You know, like they use LED lights. There's like proper cameras. Mm-hmm. The, some some of these shops are really really like proper one man production show. And as time goes by, they're going to get more and more and more um, professional. Yeah, yeah. So I you know the guy I like. I know if I tune in at seven p.m., he'll be there doing his thing. Yes, yes. So it's TV, really. It's it's home shopping. Yes, I mean it's, it's set. It's a set time, but 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 it's also so personal because you're not sharing the screen with anyone else, unlike the TV. And you can talk to the TV, and the right. TV will reply. I mean, you yeah. talk, you talk, talk, or you're typing, talk. You're typing, you're typing. Yeah, and you can even like give gifts if if they're like doing a really good job. For example, you want to just like give them flowers, whatever. Which apparently actually would convert to like real money, so they can actually monetize right on the spot. So it's it's really cool. Um, there's this uh, um, one more thing that I um, I, I I used to watch this. Um, this TikTok um, quite uh, frequently. I don't remember. Yeah, it's called Water Mummy. So it's just like this lady just like doing aerobics every 7.30 a.m. on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And that was my exercise for the week for like half an hour. And it was just, oh. and she was like selling things and she was like exercising and you just like follow her thing. And then eventually she's just like using something on her face and you're like, what is that? And she's like, oh yeah, I just got this from somewhere. It's also like, it's also really interactive in that sense. So you can wow. find many different things. Yeah. Maybe okay. you yes. find someone who would talk about, I don't know, philosophy or politics or whatever. And you're just going to like. You probably can. Yeah. Uh, Cam, you know what? Uh, I have to say this. And this is not because I do work um, that is TikTok adjacent. <laughs> but TikTok search engine is honestly uh, really great. Really, really great. It's creepy great. Yeah. It's creepy great. You can type something very specific. Like I, I, I was in the office and I said, okay, I asked my friends, my colleagues who were nearby. I said, give me a random word. One person said cat. The other person said flute. I said, okay, I'm going to say cat playing flute. Right? I typed cat playing flute into the search box. There are videos of cat playing flutes. That is what I've always wanted. <laughs> Finally. The only thing, the only thing that it's anyone creepy, wants. The only thing. is right. The search I've been waiting for so long. Good. Yeah. Okay. Um. I I have dipped my toes into um, TikTok, and um, you know, I, I, it's nice to. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, but I haven't spent 
the live thing. I'll have to check that out. Okay, okay. Rahma, good luck with the addiction. Um, we'll we'll <laughs> no, come back just, to you. She just made two purchases. So that's all. It, that, okay. That's yes, how it starts. Okay. You know, right. I can kick <laughs> it any time. It's it's nothing. No, no. It, we'll come back and do the intervention in one month. And uh, but now we move on to topic number two, which is can comedy cross borders? Now. We all know that comedy can cross borders. We've all watched and laughed at comedy that comes from all sorts of different places. Um, yeah. I think the funniest film I can think of that I've watched is a Japanese film. Uh, we don't normally think of the Japanese as being funny, funny people, but it was called Welcome Back, Mr. McDonald. And it was- oh, I love that show, Radio No Jikan. Yeah, I love yeah. that show so much. I'm glad, I'm glad. Rahma, yeah. have you ever watched it, Ben Jones? No, I've never seen it. I've never oh, heard of it. I'm sorry. It, it's very funny. Um, but whenever I do watch these things and I'm thinking I'm laughing, I'm finding these Japanese people funny or whatever, I'm, so, I'm, I'm equally I'm sort of thinking, how, how, how? <laughs> I don't know anything about really about Japanese life. And and they're being kind of very Japanesey. <laughs> and I'm sure that there's a hidden language inside there of, of Japanese-ness that the Japanese audience get that I don't get. Um, and I must be just taking the surface kind of comedy of it and um i don't know i just i just kind of think is there a universal comedy so jen hannah i want to ask you because you you're a stand-up comic and i know that you went off to australia and did a bunch of um stand-up gigs there and and when i was seeing on facebook anyone remember facebook when i (laughs) (laughs) uh on on netscape um the uh that you were doing those gigs um out there i was thinking how 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 right. because because your comedy is very kind of malaysian it is uh, very malaysian actually and like what... I, I don't have a choice you know like this my observations are made here and like my, my life is here so how uh, okay so i mean like, now... so then you're saying and then there was this mamak fleur and right. <laughs> that's not gonna well, work <laughs> okay this, this is not something you said uh is actually very true like uh you said universal topics right so um a show, like I think, the the core of the show or the joke, the core of the joke is universal. Like it has to be universal. For example, the show I brought there was uh, about my father passing away. I know it doesn't sound funny, but trust me, it's a comedy show. No, I've seen it. But, but losing uh losing a parent, that's a universally understood um mm. thing. Uh, what makes it different is context or like where it's from, right? Where where the little bit of culture is from, mm. right? So. In a, in a simple way, uh, I, I would say it boils down to phrasing. So in Malaysia, we would go, um, okay, like in Chinese custom. So this is not even known to all Malaysians. But in Chinese customs, if you cremate the body, which which uh, a lot of people don't cremate, you know, their, their dead. In Chinese custom, when you cremate uh, uh, your dead, you have to scream or shout um, his or her name out loud. So that they know to come out, the soul knows to come out to go upstairs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. So, so you see, this is not even known to all Malaysians, uh, but we uh, we arrive at that imaginary or that imagination or, or that that visual in our head quicker. Mm-hmm. For for Australia, uh, it's just phrasing. It's like uh, in 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 Malaysia. I don't I don't have to go go down to specifics. I don't have to say like in Malaysia the Chinese community because if you put in too much details before they're already confused right mm. i would say in, in malaysia uh this is what we do this is so to them it's not i don't say like this is what everybody do, does i say this is what we do and 
as they are. So they think they are, that all Malaysians are Chinese. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you've conditioned well. them to. In Malaysia, o- we do only this. for that hour. Only Jen for Han, that I've, hour. I've never done that. I've been to a lot of funerals. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Me and Rahma, we don't. Well, that's <laughs> well, that's that's what makes it funny yeah. already. So first point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but I'm sure, like Rahma, like uh, in, in 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 even in like um, let's say literature or or any form other than comedy, like it's I think you can talk about the same thing. Maybe just it's just a matter of phrasing or framing it for different cultures. Don't you, don't you think so? Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree, and I guess like maybe um, if you look at like the uh, the 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 pain, I, I guess like the common, the universal human experience, right? And then if you manage to craft it in a way that uh, lends the best, and mm-hmm. and there are like just some like jokes around it, and and uh, you, you, it would land regardless because like you connect to that feeling of, or that emotion that is a. Uh, Related to that experience first, and then the moment you are like within that embodiment of that experience, you immediately understand the joke. So I completely, I completely yeah. understand it. I was just thinking about, um, I'm a nerd, right? So mm. uh, last year, thanks to um, this particular friend of mine, uh, Mark Tay, who's like an amazing mm. <laughs> theater maker. Anyway, we had like a hang tua hikayat hang tua um, hikayat hang tua uh, study group um, because he was working on something. But I just wanted to like. Echo what uh, what uh, what Jenhan said. Uh, there are like some things in that that you don't know whether or not they're trying to like make a joke out of it or not. Like they're just like something that just like lasts that long for like hundreds of years. And we still would find it funny. And I'm not saying that because oh it's like a Malay culture and then it's just like you know a different era or whatever. Of course you like you know find it interesting or funny or whatever. But we're separated by like hundreds of years and yet I still find it funny. So I think context change, but I guess that particular like human experience. If, still remain, yeah. if that particular human experience had a through life, it continued. I mean, I've, I've watched comedy. I'm fascinated by this thing called musical. Um, it, was, it was sort of a, a theatrical space in Britain <laughs> and also in America in the 1910s and whatever. And so I watched old um, musical comedy acts and they're not funny. I mean, the people are rolling in the aisles back then. And it's like the funniest thing ever. There's this one, there's this, there's a very famous one. There are two men and they do a dance like they're kind of Egyptians and they're on sand. It's called the sand dance. And they just dance on sand. It's like so not funny. But it was like the most famous. They were the, they were the Kwa Jain Hans and, uh, <laughs> and Douglas Limbs of their time. Yeah. Right. And, um, and yeah, so you say the universal, but the universal changes. Um, um, yes, true. Uh, how about this? Another example is, have you ever heard of a series called Dairy Girls? I loved. Uh, oh yeah. my god! I'm Dairy that's, Girls. It's that's going to so be my amazing. Far from that's, our culture. It's so funny. Yet, it's so funny. Somehow we like it. <laughs> Why? Yeah, right. you know, it's that the inspiration actually for, for this topic yeah. was that Dairy right. Girls. Right. Okay. Okay. Because yeah. I'm thinking, I'm not. From, I'm not from Northern Ireland. I grew up in Britain, sure, yeah. but I know nothing really about the northern people in Northern Ireland. Catholics in Northern Ireland. It is so damn funny. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is um, high school shenanigans. Girls as well. Yeah. High we school so rarely see girl comedy. Relatable yeah. pain points too. And 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 uh, I, I it makes me think about actually like at the beginning of uh, this this uh, particular slide, I 
part about SNL, uh, Korean SNL. I'm not sure if mm. you have yeah. seen it. Like, I it have was actually. Like, yeah. Without subtitles, though, so I really don't know what they're doing, okay. but I have watched so, it. So, so the one, it, it was, it's it's funny. It's really just like about the pain of getting dumped. But, you know, like this one um, uh, girl who like grew up without a boyfriend and, and all of her quests had been about trying out different boyfriends from different packages. And then this different these different boyfriends were like acting in like in some weird way that you can completely understand that this is like so out of the world and like so over the top. And it just, it's so funny. So I think, mm. so I think maybe, maybe to, to compare with what you said earlier about the musicals, maybe because it was not, how to say, maybe it was not like pinpoint specific. It was just like an act. Hence it wasn't able to travel through, uh, across time, yeah. but yeah, it, was, it was a physical comedy. Yeah, yeah it's just yeah. two guys dancing on sand. Yeah, yeah. it was probably yeah. funny at that time because maybe yeah. sand was like normal, yeah. whatever. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I've never yeah. seen sand before. And you dancing yeah. on it. But what um, Rama said is is very true. Is is in like uh, the, the the framing and stuff because I've I've performed at the Melbourne Festival and Sydney Festival for four years. In my first year. I was very concerned. Uh, I was very scared that they couldn't understand me, not from a comedy point of view, but like language or pronunciation or accent. And I was trying so hard to sound like them or sound more neutral in my, my mind. Mm-hmm. Until one day, uh, someone said to me, why are you thinking of that? Just be yourself. I'm like, what does it mean to be yourself? right? Yeah. And he says, they are buying a ticket to, to a name they can't even pronounce. They're not going to expect Australian yeah. accent, right? <laughs> That's true. Just be you. Yeah. So I started doing that and uh, it it just, it works better. It, in the same way, I guess Derrigals is so unapologetic, unapologetically <laughs> like Northern like Irish. But it is also, it is very specific to that place. The language, the situations, hmm. they couldn't happen in Malaysia. So you say yeah. universal, but they're not here. But also, I mean, they're driven by jealousy. And yeah, I yeah, think high school, uh, high school, high school shenanigans yeah, is yeah. very, it's, uh, it's very, it's very relatable for everybody, right? Also, mm. they it is set in the landscape of the the bomb, the time of the bombings. We mm. we don't have any context, but we know what it feels like to have something bigger in the outside our houses that's very troubling, and mm. yet we still we still have to go you know go by day to day. Yeah, well, I I'm. I'm finishing off Derry Girls now, and I'm and as I'm watching it, I'm, I'm asking myself this question. So I, I will return to it and and see if I can see that now. Yeah. Um, we must take a break though now, and in a moment we're going to return with topic number three, which is uh, my two work brains uh, here on Bit of Culture BFM eighty nine point nine, and we're back with myself, Cam Raslan, Kwa Jenhan, and Rahma Fauzi. and now uh, Jenhan, uh, mm-hmm. your two work brains. Yes. I wanted to talk about this because my entire life, I've only been a comedian, uh, which which means to, to a lot of people, it means freelance life. Uh, to my mom, it means d- disappointing life. But <laughs> no, day, no day job, you know, no day job, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, since the pandemic, I have taken a job and this is my first ever day job, like a job job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm now a creative director in an agency. It's not right? a bad first job to have. That's uh, an amazing first job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now the CEO of Sime Derby. <laughs> yeah, that happens to just be my first job. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I, <laughs> I, I'm. It's very different work brain. Like one of the things I struggled with um, for the first few months was 
I did not know how to switch off. Like uh, my colleagues would say, just switch off. After work, just switch off, right? But there's no such thing as switch off in the comedian world or like when you're writing a script or when you're writing or working towards a show because you switch off when you take, uh, you do your curtain call, the show is done. And then you have, oh, I have, I have the blues. I miss my, I miss my cast member. I miss, I miss the show. I miss the process. But you're working on to an, uh, another show. Whereas in a day job, job, like a job, job situation, the work never stops. It's, it's not a lot, but it's just consistent. So that was something that I really struggled with. Um, but but you're, you're enjoying it. You're okay with it. Now, now, yes, now I am. I am, but it's still, it's still not my default. Right. In terms of like the way, um, the way I approach, I guess, ideation or, or creating something. Yeah, but I bet that salary is going to be your uh, default pretty soon. <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, I've got money in my pocket. That's a nice default. <laughs> I can eat. It is. It is. Uh, it is. It is nice. I guess I understand now what it, what when people say you know oh financial security, right? I, I never really. That. I never really understood it but to be honest like i i had financial security as a comedian uh just you know just just no. keep doing good work well good 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 uh good for you i guess jenhan what about uh, rahma you you have two you have you have you have several work brains well rahma. i have several work brains but i want to ask uh jenhan mm. about uh what is wrong with having with not switching off like or or do you think you know, working requires you to switch up because I would think that having comedian brain in a mm. in in a work setting is quite fun because you can always see things in a different light and you you know you're like not I guess not to say oh. that you're not stressed out but there's always like new materials for your for your yeah. like for your show don't you think one hundred percent so I I have that I have I'm able to mine a lot of material from work uh, which they will soon hear about right but uh, what's about the switching off. So I like um, just focusing on one thing at one time and doing the best. But in an agency, you can't do that because like there's, there's many accounts mm. that I have to think for. Right. Also, uh, I have to be more, I have to be compassionate towards my colleagues. Like in advertising, you can't do it alone, but I can write an entire show, produce an entire show by myself. But in advertising, you need other people mm-hmm. right? and you have other people to support. So, if so it's, a, it's a burden being nice to people is what you're saying. <laughs> is it? Faking oh, that no. is oh, like, I oh, it's exhausting. I, could, <laughs> or I, could, I wish I could finish this coffee all by myself. And yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. You know, your concerns are my concerns, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I don't mean it like that. I mean, like, um, different people have different pace. Yeah. Right? And like, it's, it's just, you have to find, uh, you have to find a way to make people excited because I, I work off excitement like I have but, to can I ask you the, Jen Han, the, your first job job is a creative director right yes. so yeah, you, you're also a boss boss your first job job you're a boss there are people below you I mean my, you know most first jobs is like making coffee for a boss but you <laughs> you immediately have people who answer to you don't uh, you in a so way. that's a different kind of brain thing as well you're, you're a boss that's a as a freelancer, that's like you're your your own man. Yeah, see, I didn't know that because I, I don't know anything about corporate structure. So I'm still very comfortable uh having 
like behaving like there's no hierarchy, like in in like the same way you would rehearse for a play. You know, the lead act just because uh, you're a lead actor, you're still friends with all the ensemble, right? And most times in Malaysia at least. Mm. So I I function best that way. Yeah. I like, yeah. Because now you've got a situation where, you know, normally people who laugh at your jokes are paying money and, and that's a good thing. But in work, the ones who are laughing at your jo- jokes are your employees. Because um, oh. they, they need to laugh at your jokes so please the boss. It's like, <laughs> yeah, Jenhan, that was so funny. You're so funny. Uh, <laughs> well, fortunately, I'm not very funny in real life. So yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm actually not the funniest person in the office. Uh, see, I, I, um, I, I've had job jobs, uh, but I haven't yeah. had a job job for a long time, mm. and um, it's hard to get in the habit. I thought that I could actually be a creative director. I went and touted myself yeah. around once, and I said, "Yeah, I could be a creative director." And they were like, "No, you can't." Um, so, <laughs> uh, it's um, yeah, it's. What, it, what was uh, it like for you? Like, how would you compare having a job job life and then and. A- well, what was nice with my job job was that it was a job that involved um, projects so that, you know, you do the project, it's finished, done, on to the next one, done, okay. done, done. So it wasn't like a, a constant yeah. thing, you know, it's job, we yeah. do the commercial shoot and it was finished. But um, so that suited me. But uh, Rahma, you you got a job job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a job job, right? You have to think <laughs> these days, job job. Yeah. Job job. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I actually, you know, this is what I noticed. Uh, I was at BFM uh, mm-hmm. before for like a while, actually, like on and off, on and off. Collectively, I was there for like five years. The most amazing time. But um, one of the things that I noticed is that because my work there, uh, it, I guess like entailed so much creative work. Like I was a video producer and I was also like the uh, video content strategist, which means that I also had to like see clients and kind of like realize their creative visions and all that. And because of like, because of that, because I was like squeezing my creative brain so much and my relationship brain so much, I wasn't able to accomplish much outside or in a sense that I, I, the moment I got home, like the moment I tried to like, you know, think about um, a new documentary film project or whatever, which is what I've been doing on the side these days, um, I wasn't able to like complete a lot of those tasks. Uh, But now, um, because I'm in a much more like, I guess, a strategic where I'm like a bit more other people are doing the creative stuff, but I'm much more on the project manager side. I find it very easy for me to like, you know, hop on a different uh, project outside of work. And, and it gives me actually like a bit of a, um, uh, I guess, satisfaction, um, mm. I suppose, uh, because uh, I'm able to separate these two brains sort of. But I would have to say that it required a bit of a bit of work, like you know, for like I, I don't yeah. know, years or something. Yeah, I agree. But, you know, I think if 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 you're able to separate the brains, it this this arrangement is fantastic. It's amazing. Yes, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But I'm just struggling there because it's still new for me. But aren't you both being unfaithful? Because the way you describe it, both of you are finding more satisfaction in the the hobby, as it were, right. yeah. than in the job job. But it's often the hobby that makes the job job better. That's like true. I feel like for a creative. I always encourage like all all my all the creatives to like have something that they like outside work and we support each other. I agree. Yeah, I agree. you need like it's the same as like for me writing jokes. What I enjoy about the non-job job or like the comedian job is that I was so free, I could just sit and spend an entire day just observing and thinking, and that's where the material comes from. But if you're at a job job every day and you're just attending to things. You don't have time to 
observe and and absorb and grow. Okay, but your situations might be pretty rare, nonetheless. So I think most people listening would not have that, where you have a job job that is uh, quite creative but pays you money, and then you have a mm, let's call it a hobby, hobby. type thing, <laughs> which is also which is also a thing which is going to make you money and um, which is which is very satisfying. So. Some most people, if they have a situation like that, they would have it's literally a hobby, the thing on the side. It might be, I don't know, singing or you know, dancing or making TikToks or whatever. Yeah. Uh, well, I, although I guess you could make some money on TikToks. Um, but people could still put in as much um, into it as you two do because you put a lot of effort into your non job. Yeah, but I think uh, having a hobby, even though you don't profit from it, it's it's reminding yourself that there is a world outside your job job. And as long as you're open to the idea that the job job is not the only world you exist in, I believe that any creative would naturally find things. Okay, that's not the yeah. kind of talk that most Malaysian employers are kind of like keen on. No, I own you. You come into the office. You, you, you. I'm, a, I'm not a good boss. I'm a very bad no, boss. Oh, yeah, yeah. I oh, no, no, I'm sure you, no, you'd be a great yeah. boss. My God. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, well, we're gonna we're gonna move on. And uh good luck with the day job. Uh thank you. Jen, how, how long how long have you been doing it now? Oh, almost a year and a half. <gasps> a whole yeah, I'm year. So, I'm so ashamed. I'm so ashamed to face the comedy audience. <laughs> I have a job job now, guys. <laughs> yeah. You're not a true um, artist anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not Insta- a struggling artist anymore. Instantly makes your jokes ten percent yeah. less funny. <laughs> <clears throat> um, so, okay, well, uh, well, good luck with that. And we're going to move on now to uh, the final part of the show: recommendations, where we recommend something that we think might be of interest. And Rahma goes first. Yeah, um, right. I'm sorry if this has been rec- recommended before on the show, but um, I would like to recommend the rehearsal, uh, a show on HBO. Um, by Nathan oh. um, Fielder. Have you guys heard of it at all? Yes, yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I've heard of it. Yeah, Nathan yeah. Fielder is another different kind of yes, comedic exactly, brain. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, like the moment I heard that uh, Jenna is going to be here, I'm like, okay, maybe this is a great recommendation. Maybe I can venture with him a little bit. But um, so basically, um, Nathan Fielder um, had uh, a project before uh, with Comedy Central. Um, he had uh, a show called um, Nathan for You. So um, he's a he's a comedian, um, but he also works with real people with like very reality based comedy in a sense that so before he would go to like different struggling businesses and they, he would ask what can I do for you and then he would like suggest all of these like weird things like for example this cafe was like struggling and then he was like I have a business proposal for you let me create your let me make your cafe to be um, a fake Starbucks and that way people are just gonna come to your thing and to your cafe anyway and then you're you're gonna be able to like sell a bunch of things yeah. so it's it's so it's just like a really weird solutions like that yeah uh, when when, when uh, rama says fake starbucks it, it literally is fake starbucks yeah yeah and yeah. they use like a parody um law or something like that to get away with it and that not get sued by by, yeah. by starbucks so so it's he's like he's like that so that is kind of like his his mode but right now he's like coming he's he, he he's back bolder and bigger than ever um, of course, with like more money from HBO, I'm, I'm assuming. <laughs> um, so the rehearsal is a show in which he um, would um, get a few people um, to come, and then okay, what what is your problem? What what are you uh, what are you trying to confront? So the first episode was about this one guy who um, 
uh, lied to his uh, his friend about having a master's degree. And then he felt really bad. He was like, I, wanna, I need to tell her the truth. And then he was like, but I don't know. I need to like guard the confidence. So he believes that if you rehearse a situation so much, so crazily, and then you have like a, like a mock-up uh, bar in which you are going to, you know, confess to your lie, you know, uh, where you're going to have all of these people um, around you. So, so you're just going to rehearse over and over and over again. So he actually like had like a whole set of, you know, bar or like a house or whatever that people want to, oh, I want to try to have a baby. Okay, let's have like a mock life, you know, having a baby together for like two months or something. It's crazy. And everyone was like, you think about like have, being a method actor. So, so, so people in there have to learn about being a method actor off like someone that, you know, like maybe a cashier because they have to become a cashier in this like, you know, mock studio or whatever to, to help um, with this rehearsal, for example. So it's amazing. It's odd. It's weird. And at times yeah. it's very disturbing, but it's, it's meant not, to be like that. It's not even a reality show. It's like a, almost like a documentary of something that's insane. Yes. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and it's a like, it, I mean, improv people would have to be involved yes, in. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah. and for context, he used to go to um, high school with uh, Seth Rogen, apparently, and uh, they belong in the same improv group. Yeah, so oh. same school of thought, different method, I guess. Yeah, so it's it's really amazing. You should check it out. Yeah. Okay. And, and by the way, Rahma, you are, you might be unique in that, you're a person who's on the show who's recommending something, but you have yourself been recommended by a previous uh, guest. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, documentary you made. Yes, uh, yeah, I, I made a documentary recently. Um, it's called uh, Ju Open Didi, or uh, translated to The Soul of a Teacher in English. Yes, so it's about uh, my mom, actually. It's, about, it's a documentary um, that was uh, funded um, with Freedom Film Fest uh, grant money. So I was a winner of these uh, Freedom Film Fest uh, grant this year. So the film is about, is chronicled around uh, my mom, who is currently a teacher, and she's retiring in two years' time at my former school, and how she was struggling with uh, lack of resources throughout the pandemic um, as a teacher. So it was a personal documentary that is still um, at first, I guess like this is like the first iteration, so hopefully I'm going to be able to like um, develop it even more. to become And where can, we, where can we find this? I am afraid that you would have to ask me for for this right. link, for this link because it, it just premiered um uh in in September but uh we are going to be having a few more screenings uh around Klang Valley and and so just check out Freedom Film Fest uh network oh. socials okay. um and stay in tune and uh, hopefully we'll going to come yeah. that was really I'll sweet that's yeah, yeah. That. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm part of the TikTok generation. I want it now. I don't want to yeah. like. I don't. I'm not gonna wait. What? Sp- I mean, speaking of TikTok, I think this is. I have something to add to this. Like, if you ever, uh, and also Jiva Pandit, which is soul of a teacher, uh, TikTok is very big on something called hashtag TikTok Guru. Oh wow! Which is like learning on TikTok. Yeah, and I I'm not kidding. They threw a birthday party for TikTok Guru second anniversary. They celebrated the birthday of a hashtag. TikTok this is TikTok Malaysian TikTok Malaysia Malaysia yeah wow yeah happy because it, to it, you happy <laughs> birthday to, to hashtag yeah. TikTok guru TikTok's wild it's amazing yeah oh, you, people got to teach me uh, okay <laughs> yeah. all right um, okay so uh, well me my recommendation is um, what it was mentioned earlier uh, Dairy Girls 
Um, yeah. I've, I've actually recommended it before, but I'm recommending it now because this is the end of the third season. The third season has come out, which is going to be the last season. Wait. Oh, we are. I've the not act- finished it yet, but I, oh, seriously. The, the, the actresses involved, they're playing schoolgirls. They're playing, what, 18, 17-year-olds? They're in, they're, in, they're in their 30s, these women. <laughs> <laughs> and they can't keep pretending to be schoolgirls forever. <laughs> and um, so I, I recommended it before because it's the end, though. And, and I'm watching it, and, and at moments I'm thinking, this is absolutely brilliant television. This is some of the finest television imaginable. It is so perfect. The comedy, the pathos. I mean, it's quite yeah. It you know it's sentimental, but it's 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 deeply felt. It's it's really oh, it's damn good. Well acted, and the writing, Lisa McGee, um, mm. just amazing. So, um, I, I just and think that, it transcends. Yeah, that's on Netflix, right? Yeah, there yeah. It goes. It, yeah. It's just it came out recently. Another show that was actually like semi autobiographical, I guess, like you know, based on someone's. Uh, actual live experiences that reminded me of Derry Girls was also chewing gum. Uh, I don't remember the, um, the 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 name of the lady. Um, I probably would look it up in a bit. And then mm-hmm. chewing gum that used to be on on Netflix uh, for a bit for like two seasons and then it got cancelled. But is it, also, is, like, is it American or no? It's British. It's British well, chewing gum. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but I guess like yeah. So so it was like also close to that. It's like um, semi autobiographical. It's also like revolves around someone's. Um, you know, like childhood experiences, and then right now it's like being fiction. Yeah. So it's also good oh, I'll, quality. I'll have a look because I'll be needing something to follow on when the, the when Derry Girls is finished. Oh, One of the things I also like about Derry is set in Derry or London Derry in Northern Ireland, which is far away from anywhere. And <laughs> and I think that Malaysian audiences could actually res- relate to the fact the sense of being far away from places of importance. Yeah. Um, I know, you know, we're right next to Kuala Lumpur. We're in Kuala Lumpur, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so that's mine, Derry Girls. Um, uh, Jen Han, what's your recommendation? Okay, I was thinking of what to recommend, and I, I think uh, as a creative director uh, in my job job, and I want to encourage uh, all the creatives in regardless whatever field, there is a website called lovetheworkmore.com lovetheworkmore.com so mm-hmm. in in uh you know like in film there's always the Cannes festival right that that is at the aspirational goal in advertising there's something called the Cannes lion which mm-hmm. is also during the festival which is an advertising Cannes festival award so all the great work that happened in the world uh is always submitted to the Cannes lion and they put it behind a paywall you can't access any of like, uh, you can't learn from it. So Love the Work More is started by two, I think two people from advertising who document themselves and made every uh, past work since 1950s free for anyone to learn. Their own work or everyone else's work? Any The work that goes to the Khan uh, right, okay. Lion. Wow. Yeah. So they are basically going again against the system and say like, you can't charge people for wanting to learn. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was with a company, and we, they, they, we, they did purchase it, and so I'd get to watch them, and and it was it was always great watching advertising from around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, you sort of like seeing different cultures, and I remember we were always just amazed by Thai advertising all the time. Mm. Yeah, yeah, just like it's beautiful, it's funny, and it's it's kind of weird. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so yeah, so these showreels are really fun. Free. Yeah, in the agency previously, you would have to pay for access yeah. to see the archive, right? Mm-hmm. So love the work more catalogs everything for free. How no paywall, no subscriptions. And and how are they getting away with it? Like if they actually was because to... because when um when let's say if you made a campaign, you would submit it not just for the Khan Lion, you submit it for different different um award shows, and it is public. Mm-hmm. But because I I I don't know enough, but I think because of the prestige of Khan Lion, like if you want to go and see only Khan Lion stuff, maybe they have some exclusive interviews with the the you know the the CD or the the CCO or someone. Maybe it comes with extra stuff. But Love the World More has all the case study videos of all winners, class okay. winners as well. Yeah. So that's Love the Work More. Yeah. Cool. I should check that out. Lovetheworkmore.com. Yeah. It's it's really great watching um advertising from around the world. Good advertising yeah. from around the world. Um oh that's cool. Okay. And uh Jen Han, before we let you go, uh tell us again about the show that you've got coming up and what is it, who's it with, etc. Okay, so uh the show is called Still Up, Still Coming, because it's with me and uh it's my generation of of, of uh comedians. It's so it's me. Uh, Punchi Ho, Papi Zach, Kavin J, Rizal Van Gezel, and Andrew Neto. Uh, so it's all this. It's all the well, uh, TikTok people call us the bo- the boomer, the yeah, the boom, old timers comedy, yeah, old timers, yeah, <laughs> yeah, old timers. So, so Mr. we are still Oz up as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. but we're trying. You know, we're still up and we're still coming, right? So <laughs> the show is happening November fourth and fifth in PJ Pack, which is in Wanutama. Cool, cool, and. Yeah. Um, uh, for, tickets, oh, for tickets, tickets. Okay. Huh? Um, I, I made I actually made a link page on my website. So it's kwajenhan.com slash links. So that's K-U-A-H-J-E-N-H-A-N.com slash links. Okay, Jen Han, no one's got time to remember. I mean, I can't... <laughs> just go to PJ Pack website, maybe. Sorry? Just go to PJ Pack website, maybe. Yeah. PJ Pack. Uh, well, actually, you know what? It might be more confusing. <laughs> Okay, no. so uh, Kwajen Han's in a show. Good luck trying to find out how to get tickets, <laughs> is the answer. Um, okay, well, great. Well, I look forward to that. I can't go. I broke my ankle. I can't leave the house. Sure, but sure, sure. I'm sure it's great. I'm sure it's great. Uh, well, that brings us to the end of uh, this week's show. And, uh, well, I'd really like to thank Rahma Pauzi. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Great to have you. Uh, good luck with that. TikTok addiction. I am. Worried. Oh my God. Yeah. Please pray for me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Mr. Corporate, Kwa uh, Jen Han. Thank you. Thank you. I really enjoyed uh, having this conversation. It was very nice to meet you, Rama. Oh, nice to meet you too. <laughs> oh, he's so sweet. He's not like that with his employees. Like, <laughs> he's like, shut up and get me coffee. Ideas? I don't want your ideas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the boss. That's, That's what they say to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, you have to learn yeah. something about being a boss. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm myself, Cam Ruslan, and please join us next week for another exciting episode of A Bit of Culture here on BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.